Welcome to the Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. Welcome to the Feathered Desert, everyone. I'm Kirsten and Cheryl is with me today. And it is that time again. We are going to be talking about spring migration in the southwest. So this episode will be posted during our spring migration times here in the Southwest. And Cheryl and I thought it would be great to discuss a few birds that pass through the Southwest and the Phoenix Valley area that you should be on the lookout for. Yes. And Kirsten, being as thorough as she is, thought we should probably clarify spring migration. So spring migration in the Southwestern United States begins at the end of March through April, and even into the beginning of May. The birds we're going to discuss today are the ones that will fly through from Central and South America to their summer breeding grounds in northern Uni- in the northern United States and Canada. And we are lucky enough that in the southwestern United States and the Phoenix Valley, we're in their flight path. Yes. So I know there's more that over summer with us, but we want to talk about the ones that is is quick, but flying through. All right, so we're going to start off with some flashy visitors that we've been lucky enough to see the last few years here, and those are Orioles. There's actually two species of Orioles that are commonly seen in the Phoenix Valley as they migrate through to California, Oregon, and Washington State. The Hooded Oriole and the Bullock's Oriole are both seen in the Southwest during spring migration. The hooded oriole male will be either a bright sunset orange or yellow with a deep black throat patch and black wings and tail. The female is yellow with gray wings and no throat patch. They are attracted to tubular flowers like our ocotillo flowers and your sugar water feeders. So you can actually put out sugar feeders made specifically for orioles that have a slightly larger port um, or you just put out your regular sugar feeders for um, hummingbirds and they will come to that. And you use the same kind of sugar water that you make for your hummingbirds. So the Bullock's Oriole male will have an orange face with a bright yellow body, black on the head, and a small black bib under the beak, but not all the way down the chin, like the um, hooded. They have, uh, the Bullock's Oriole have white wide wing bars with black shoulders and a yellow and black tail. The female has a paler yellow face and body with dark gray wings. Both species of Orioles will have a sharp thin beak that allows them to get inside tubular flowers and to peck at the bottom of the flower to get to the nectar. When you're out hiking or just running errands around town and you see a medium-sized bright yellow bird with a long beak and a long tail, you're probably looking at an oriole. That's cool because they are in specific areas in the valley. Yes. So next we're going to do hummingbirds. In Arizona, we can see 16 different species of hummingbirds at some point during the year. Many of them will oversummer with us in the White Mountains and the Sky Island Mountains. And of course, we have two or three species that live in the Southwest, especially Arizona, all year. But one species only migrates through on their way to California and the upper states. And this is the Rufus hummingbird. Ugh, little pistol. <laughs> they are. This hummer gets its name from the orange color that dominates the male's coloration. Males are orange on their heads 
back and tail and chest with green on their shoulders. They're very pretty. Mm-hmm. They almost look like a, um, like a Halloween decoration in the sense. Yeah. All those fall colors. The wings with orange on their flanks and upper tail. Their chest is white with a tiny patch of red on the chin. Oh, we missed the gorget feathers um, of the male. The male has the bright reddish-orange oh. gorget feathers. Okay. Oh, the female is green on the head, back and wings. Yep, see, I got distracted. I looked up from my script. <laughs> I'm sorry. There are smaller size Hummer. You you know, you see a Rufus, you're going to know you see a Rufus. I yeah, mean, I mean, they're orange. See this, this yeah. orange blur, and he's going to be in your face. Yeah. They're a smaller size Hummer at 3.75 inches, but they are big on attitude. Keep an eye out for them during spring migration at your feeders or blooming plants. If you see a streak of orange, just like I said, Mm -hmm. the size of a humming, the hummingbird, you've just seen a Rufus hummingbird. And that's exactly what you see is a streak of orange. Yes. All right. This is a warbler. Next, you could see the Wilson's warbler. Our next songbird is a small flash of yellow that overwinters in Central America and can breed as far north as the boreal forests of Newfoundland, Ontario, and Nova Scotia. That's a really long distance to go for such a small bird. Males and females look virtually the same with bright yellow faces, chests, and bellies. The top of the head is black with olive green on the neck, back, and wings. This little one is just under five inches and consumes mainly insects. They like wooded areas around streams and can be seen refueling in places where insects are plentiful. So if you have a bird bath in your backyard and have a pesticide-free yard with native plants that attract insects, you very well may see this songbird visiting as they fly through. Sometimes they can be seen eating mealworms offered in an open feeder or maybe taking advantage of some easily seen suet. So keep watch for a bright flash of yellow, and this is a bright yellow, as you're bird watching this spring, and you may spot the Wilson's Warbler. And a great place to look for them in the Phoenix Valley would be the Gilbert Riparian area in the city of Gilbert, because it's got everything they want right there. Yes, right there. So we're going to talk about a solitary sandpiper. So this is our first water bird. The sandpiper overwinters in the lower Central Central America and breeds in northern Canada. They migrate through the United States in spring and fall, and this is a long-legged, yellow-legged water bird with a long beak and medium-sized body. Their belly is bright white, while the rest of their body is mottled brown and white with an eye-pleasing spotted pattern. Oh, they sound pretty. They're pretty. I think they're pretty. They migrate at night, individually or in small groups, and they are not easily seen during migration, but you might be able to catch a glimpse of them at a local pond or lake. They can be found at almost any body of water, including brackish ponds, freshwater ponds, and woodland streams. You'll see them wading in the water, dipping their beaks under the surface of the water, searching for aquatic insects and crustaceans. A great place to find them in the Phoenix Valley will be the Gilbert Riparian area if they make a stop over here in Arizona. Yes, and generally really anywhere there's water. You might see them up at the Canyon Lake area as well. Or along the Salt River. Along the Salt River, yeah, it might be a possibility as well. It's not flooding. Yes. (laughs) All right, this is a bunting we're going to look for next. This is the 
lazuli bunting or lazuli bunting, however you want to say it, I usually say lazuli bunting. This beautiful blue songbird overwinters in western Mexico and breeds in the northwestern United States. Some can be found in northern Arizona during the spring and summer, but they mostly fly through during spring migration. The lazuli bunting, or lazuli, however you want to say that, male is a brilliant, almost aquatic blue, uh, not aquatic, I'm sorry, an aquamarine blue. Very, very bright and borders on that aquamarine blue. He will be blue on the head, back, and tail with a rusty brown chest. The female is a dusty brown all over. So the name lazuli comes from the male. They have a small beak that helps them eat small seeds from weeds and trees. At almost six inches, this bird can be seen in various types of landscapes, including brushy areas as well as pasture. They don't stay here in the Phoenix Valley during the summer, but they might take a quick refueling break in an inviting backyard with a birdbath or seed feeder. You may also see them in one of our natural parks. So keep your eyes open for a pop of blue this spring and you might catch a glimpse of this amazing bunting. All right. <clears throat> so our next bird is an olive, olive-sided flycatcher. This is a large flycatcher at seven and a half inches. That's a large bird. It is. And is essentially olive colored from head to tail. The chin is bright white while the belly is more of a buff color and it has a small crest on the head. This flycatcher has the longest migration of any North American flycatcher migrating from cent southern Central America to the boreal forests of Canada and Alaska. They prefer forested areas where they catch insects on the wing. With such a long migration, they will make several stops to refuel on their long journey. And we do have a Two other flycatchers that over summer with us in Arizona, the olive-sided flycatcher is two inches larger than the dusty flycatcher and is darker in coloring than the ash-throated flycatcher. Actually, that helps, helps because I can identify an ash-throated flycatcher. These tips can help you identify the spring visitor. Oh my gosh, Kirsten reads my mind. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> okay, now these are not all the migratory birds that you can see here in the southwestern U.S. and the Phoenix Valley, but these are a few that you can put on your bird list this year. A great resource to find out what migratory birds may be near you is eBird. And I know Cheryl uses eBird a lot. You can download the app or check out the website developed and run by Cornell University's Lab of Ornithology. It uses real-time information downloaded by birders to identify where they're seeing birds. So you can find out maybe there's something at the Riparian in Gilbert that you want to see or at Boyce Thompson or at a park just down the road from you. And then you can go out and try to see these birds. So with all of this going on, what great motivation you have to grab your binoculars and get out there.